0: Now open up your hearts and minds for this transforming message from Living Faith Church. So tonight I want to talk to you guys about making the hard things in life less hard. Say amen. Yeah, we all need a little bit of that. So I want to start off by praying. So if we could all bow our heads. Thank you, Lord, for this time. Thank you for all of us being here in this space. Lord, I pray that you fill this space and speak through me. May your message be heard and help them in whatever way it is that you are calling them and speaking to them lord speak to everyone in this room break chains and open our hearts and our minds lord in christ's mighty name i pray amen life is hard Mm -hmm. right am i right yes i know i'm right life is hard life is hard the christian walk is also hard It's hard to learn to be aware of all the ways that I fall short on a daily basis, y'all. Every day. Yeah, tofu, tofu grease. He sees it. (laughs) It's hard to give up control. It's hard to have faith when things are not going the way that I want them to go. It's hard to have peace when my life is in chaos and it's hard to keep living for Christ when I feel like something is missing. It's hard to forgive when the people that I'm trying to forgive don't even think they hurt me. (laughs) But God never said that once we follow Christ, there's this magic wand and poof, life's gonna be miraculously wonderful and filled with glee. I wish, I wish, wish. wish. (laughs) right? If only, <laughs> Tofu is, is all up in it tonight. He totally agrees. You know what is easy? It's easy to have pride. It's easy to get angry. Whew, it's that's super easy. That's like second nature to me. Uh, it's easy to get bitter. It's easy to hold on to hate. It's easy to make judgments. Whoo! that one's easy. That one's easy, <laughs> <laughs> right? We're, we're all, we all got an A plus plus and that stuff, right? I know I do. And it's easy to forget that other people have needs, too. Mm. And it's easy to just live for myself. And let's face it, that's human, honestly. And it's okay because in today's world, we live for the fast money, the drive-throughs, and the instant gratification. We love reality TV shows filled with drama. We seek relationships that fill a void well until it no longer serves us. We feed off of the likes on social media to fill a, a, a void inside of ourselves. We filter our pictures and our lives to whatever suit us. See, but God doesn't promise that magically wonderful is going to happen. But what he does promise is to help us learn how to handle it so that it doesn't break us. He teaches us how to have more joy, how to have more peace, how to love in life. God promises protection and salvation, and he teaches us how to make life less hard. Today I want to share with you guys three ways that God has taught me how to make life less hard. So the first verse I have for you guys is John 16:33. I can do some things. No? I can do most things. No? No, is that not what it says? I can do a few things. No? 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 That word is all. Say all. all. I can do all things through him, through God, through Christ who strengthens me. The next verse I have for you is Philippians 4, 6 through 7. I have said these things to you, that in me, this is Jesus talking, you may have peace. In the world, you will, you will, you will have tribulation. You will have tough times. You will go through some (coughs) shit. (laughs) You will, you will, Jesus says it, you will. But take heart, because I, Christ, not me, I have not, Christ has overcome the world. If anything, it's actually harder to be a Christian than not to be a Christian. It's harder, because not only are we called out of our selfish nature, we have the enemy at our feet. Because the enemy doesn't have to attack people who are already doing whatever they want. Who are already burning their lives down. Right? They, like, they, he doesn't have to attack them. Right? He, he, like, he helps them. Right? He's like, oh, here's, here's more. Here's more. Right? He's got to attack the people who have a call on their lives. He's got to attack the people who have a purpose. He's got to attack the people who are trying to love other people. He's got to attack the people who are trying to do more for this world than burn it down for them. You see, because God has an assignment, it's harder. It's harder to follow the assignment. Life is always hard. I hate to break it to you. (laughs) The more money that you make, the more relationships that you have, the more, the more that you have in life, the more problems you have in life. More money, more problems, right? It's just different problems than from when we were broke, lonely, and lacked. What is the song? I got 99 problems, but my God ain't one. <laughs> it's even harder in life when all we can see is how hard it is for us. It's easy to see what's hard in our lives and to complain about what we lack, and it takes removing the plank from our eyes to even begin to see how we can help other people. There's a verse, Matthew 7, three through five. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your own? A plank, like oh, God. You know, like a whole piece of wood, a whole piece of wood, you know? I, got, I definitely get planks in my eyes all the time, every day. Here in America, we're not in a war-torn country. Did you know that currently there are 21 countries at war? 21 countries that are currently at war. To this day, drug wars, civil wars, terrorist insurgencies, even racial and ethnic violence. There are cities that are being bombed as we speak. In America, a homeless person anywhere in the country can find aid, whether that be through the government or through nonprofits. There's help. There is help for our broken, for our sick, and our needy, everywhere. And praise the Lord for that. See, in America, our children in elementary school, they got smartphones, they got tablets, they got laptops. Children in Yemen are in hiding with no safe place to sleep. (laughs) However, we take for granted what we have on a day-to-day basis. We have far more to be grateful for in this country. And I know not everyone watching is from this country, but in your country, wherever you are, whatever you're going through in life, we have so much to be grateful for that we take for granted all the time. All the time. Instead, we scroll through our social media feeds and say, oh, I want to have that life. Oh, I want to have that car. Oh, I want to have this. I want to. I do it all the time. I love TikTok, y'all. It's like my favorite social media app. And we scroll and we scroll and we scroll and we covet and we covet and we covet. But what do you think the people whose lives you want are doing? The same, the same exact thing, just on their fees. They're wanting something they don't have to. Wow. It, it is what it is. And so now you're thinking, well, Casey, like, we all know that we should be grateful. We get it. We got it. We hear it all the time. We know. We know we should be grateful. But How? Yes, there's a gratitude journal. We should all do that, yes. But I want to teach you a biblical way. I want to introduce you to the Bible story of Ruth. Say hi, Ruth. Hi, Ruth. See, most times that you hear about Ruth, it's, it's like mentioned in the like, dating and love realm, which is great. Hallelujah. But I want to talk to you guys today about their pain. You see, there was a woman named Naomi and naomi and her husband and their two sons moved out of bethlehem and went to moab because of a famine they left their homeland to go somewhere where they thought there would be food and it says in the bible that moab was pagan so it didn't believe in the israel god it didn't believe in what they believed in it went to a whole new place well while they were there naomi's two sons married two women from moab within the 10 years that they lived there Naomi lost her husband and both of her sons. She lost all three of the men that she loved and adored and raised and spent her life with. All three of them. And so after that happened, a friend of hers said, hey, by the way, the famine's over in in Bethlehem. You can come home. And so she was like, yep, mm -hmm, going home. Going home to where I have people I know. And She told her two daughter-in-laws, right? She told them, you guys go home to your families. Like, we'll remarry. Like, like you're not obligated to me anymore. So Orpah listens. She goes home, marries again. That's great. But Ruth decides to follow Naomi. See, Naomi was bitter about the hand that she was dealt. She was bitter that she had lost her family. She was bitter that she was in another land, that they were still struggling. She was so bitter, she felt like God had turned his back on her. Has anyone ever felt that way? I know I have. I have definitely felt like God has turned his back on me. Ruth 1, 20 through 21. Don't call me Naomi. She told them, call me Mara, which meant bitter. Because the Almighty has made my life very bitter bitter I went away full but the Lord has brought me back empty why call me Naomi Naomi means pleasant the Lord has afflicted me the Almighty has brought misfortune upon me I've been there I've actually hated God for times in my life for things that have not happened for things that have happened I've been like screw you you know, like I've been there, I, I've been there. And I even had a time where I was so upset at God for not giving me something that I wanted, that I was like, I did all of this for you, I prayed, I listened to worship music, I listened to podcasts. And God, God worked on me with that. He was like, you didn't do that for me. <laughs> you did that for you. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh yeah, duh. <laughs> See, Ruth went anyway. She went with the bitter woman. She's like, you know, I feel like I'm called to do this. And I didn't add this verse here, but she said, where you go, I go. Where you go, I go. And there's more to that verse. I'll let you guys read Ruth on your own. It's very short. She left her family. Ruth left her family, her home, where she worshipped, where she knew her people, to go to a land that she didn't know with customs that she wasn't used to, a God that she wasn't raised to worship, after losing her husband, she moved to a place that she was an outcast, where she was judged for her pagan background. She knew that she had to find a way to feed them once they were there. She knew that she had to go to work. She had to do something. So we have Ruth 2, two through 3. Oh, perfect. And Ruth, the Moabite, said to Naomi, let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone in whose eyes I find favor. Naomi said, go ahead, my daughter. Go. Go do your thing, girl. See, while Ruth's mother-in-law handled what she was dealt with with bitterness, Ruth kept going. Ruth put down her pain, and she chose to work. She chose to get up and to put somebody else's needs up before her own. And she chose to glean. What is gleaning? Say glean. 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 So gleaning, the definition is to gather leftover grain or other produce after a harvest. So back in these days, the poor, the widowed, and the foreigners were allowed to walk behind the harvesters of the grain in the field and pick up the little pieces that were left over so that they could have food to eat. See, for the harvesters, those little pieces were leftovers. (laughs) Leave it behind. But to the people gleaning, to the needy, it was what they were going to eat for that day. For them, it was a blessing, whereas to the harvesters, it was what was left behind. It was leftover. It was forgotten. See, if I was walking through your backyard, through your life, What are some things that I could glean? What are some blessings that you've left behind that to someone else it would be a gift? Things in your life that we've left behind. A roof over our heads we take for granted. A working car to drive, food in our belly. What blessings have we left behind while seeking God for more? What happens in our lives when we glean in our own backyards, when we take a second to look at what blessings we have overlooked, what happens when we focus on gratitude instead of our lack? It makes the hard things less hard. Say it with me, it makes the hard things less hard. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm gonna glean. See, that's the first thing that God taught me is that I need to glean. I need to glean in my own backyard. Because there are so many things that I take for granted on a day-to-day basis in wanting more, in wanting better, in wanting bigger. And I forget, and I don't even look at the amazing things that I have in my life. And So God was like, glean, girl, glean. Look Look at what you got in your backyard. Glean, my patio, whatever. <laughs> I kept asking God to bless me, and God said, first be thankful for the blessings that you have now. Luke sixteen ten. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. Whoever is dishonest with very little We'll be dishonest with much. Sometimes we get so caught up in what we want that we don't see that God has already given us what we need. Mm. See, I have a Mercedes-Benz. It's a beautiful 2017. I love it. Me too. But, <laughs> <laughs> but as soon as I got it, probably like a week after, I was like, I need a bigger car. <laughs> I do, and I, and I look through CarMax, and I think, and I'm like, oh, you know, I really would love a Lexus, or I really would love the G-Wagon, you know? Like, come on, I gotta have dreams, right? And so, I, God spoke to me, like, appreciate what you got, girl! Like, how many people have Benzes? you know? And so I was, I was like, okay, all right, all right, I get it, I get it, ouch, ouch, but I get it, right? I wanna tell you a story about Rachel and Leah from the Old Testament. See, this dude Jacob, he stole his brother's inheritance and fled. And he fled from his brother's wrath and went to live with this man named Laban. Laban, Laban something. (laughs) Laban, Laban. all right. And there he fell in love with Laban's daughter, Rachel. Love at first sight, whoo, she must have been hot. So Jacob asks for her hand in marriage. And Laban tells him, sure but you got to work for me for seven years first, okay? And she this is why I say she must have been hot, because he did it, he did it, he did it. So he did it so that he could have a chance with Rachel, and he got his wish. He walked down the aisle with a woman and realizes the next morning that it wasn't Rachel. It was Rachel's sister, Leah. What happens? Jacob goes back to Laban and Laban makes excuses like yada, yada, yada. But you got to do, you got to work for me for seven more years. Seven more years to get the hand of Rachel. Fourteen years. So he does it. And he finally gets what he wants. Why did I tell you this story? The whole 14 years, Jacob wanted Rachel. He worked for Rachel. He labored for rachel he longed for rachel and he finally got her hooray we know that the bible lineage of jesus comes from the line of jacob and all the way from adam do you know which woman it came from leah jesus came from leah not rachel jesus came from the one that god put in his life that he needed god gave him both what he needed and what he wanted but the blessing came from who he needed. Sometimes God has given us exactly what we need, we just don't want it. He's given us exactly what we need, we just don't want it. And we don't see that God has already given it to us. Sometimes we need the pain to learn to lean on God. Sometimes we need the patience to learn to lean on God. Sometimes we need to learn to trust in God. We need the rain to grow the flowers. And we need the dark to appreciate the light. There's always a blessing in the struggle. We just have to look for it. Maybe the blessing is going to come from something in our lives that we just tolerate. Maybe the blessing is going to come from something we didn't want. Sometimes the blessing is going to come from somebody that we don't even like. (laughs) (laughs) He didn't like Leah. But the blessing came from her. A job that we don't like, a house we don't like, a place we don't want to be in. What is something in your life that you don't want? And how can you see that it's something that you need? What happens in our lives when we focus on the potential instead of the struggle? it makes the hard things in life less hard. For most of my life, I allowed my weaknesses to become my identity. I claimed that this is just who I am. I'm broken, cold, it's just who I am. Awkward, it's just who I am. I am depressed, I am anxious. Just like Naomi changed her name to bitter, I changed my name to broken. What have you changed your name to because of hurt in your life? Broken, cold, awkward, empty, distant, afraid. The problem with saying I am is that those things become my identity. When in reality, I'm not always cold. I can be cold. I don't want to be cold. I never have, but instead of working on it, I made excuses and found reasons to stay cold. Why? Because cold was easy. It is easy. Choosing to love is hard. Choosing to forgive is hard. Choosing compassion is hard. Choosing to be friendly is hard, too. (laughs) But my weaknesses are a good thing. Because it's in seeing my weaknesses that I cry out to God for strength. Amen. They show me where I need to grow. Second Corinthians twelve nine, But he says to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made strong in weakness. Therefore I will boast, I will boast, more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. My weaknesses aren't meant to be my identity, and neither are yours. God uses them to help us grow. God revealed to me that cold was a defense mechanism because of pain that I went through as a child. It was a coping mechanism to protect myself, but what coping mechanisms have you allowed to become a part of your identity? I would use it to protect myself. But now I realize that I don't need to protect myself anymore because God is my protection. Psalm 3.3. 3. But Lord, you are a shield around me, my glory, the one who lifts my head high. Deuteronomy 31.6. Be strong and courageous. Courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you, and he will never leave you nor forsake you. My protection comes from God. I don't need those coping mechanisms anymore. I don't need to be cold anymore. I can learn new coping mechanisms. It's in realizing my weaknesses that I can cry out to God for strength. It's through those weaknesses that I see the beauty in Christ, sacrifice for me. Luke eighteen ten through 14. So real quick note, Pharisee. Pharisees were the super judgmental church folk. They were like, Ooh. mm-mm, wear this, wear that. Don't do this, don't do that. Pay your 10%, do this. <coughs> While well, in their houses, all they did was judge. They didn't love anybody they didn't care for anybody it was all about image image money manipulation okay so just so you guys know so two men went up to the this is a story this that that jesus told two men went up to the temple to pray one a pharisee and the other a tax collector so a tax collector you know was like give me all your money they skimmed off the top they were like not so great people either the pharisee stood by himself and prayed lord This is my favorite voice. I thank you that I am not like the other people. Robbers, evildoers, adulterers, even like that tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He didn't even look to heaven but beat his chest. And said, God, have mercy, I am a sinner. God, have mercy, I am a sinner. I tell you, this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. You see, the tax collector saw his weaknesses. And he was thankful for Christ's mercy, for Christ's love. He couldn't even look up to heaven. He didn't feel worthy. He was like crying out to God, God, thank you. I am a sinner. Save me. Because he saw his weaknesses. What weaknesses can you see as teachers in your life? What weaknesses can you cry out to God for, strengthen? What weaknesses will no longer be your identity? What happens in our lives when we see our weaknesses as teachers instead of as chains? The hard things in life get less hard. But yes, easier works too. (laughs) Less hard. And that's the third point. My weaknesses are teachers. See, God put one more thing on my heart to talk to you guys about today. I was watching Pure Flix, which I found out um, that basically there's a Christian network like Netflix that you can watch TV on your phone. Um, It's called Pure Flix, where I can watch low-budget, cheesy films about Bible stories. It's great. I love it. (laughs) But they're good. I cry at all of them. It's great. Um, And see, on Pure Flix, I was watching a movie about Genesis, and it was from the viewpoint of the mother of Moses. And I realized something in this story are of people who dealt with great struggles in life. Joseph, imagine being Joseph at any time in his life before he came into power. For his dreams, his brother threw him in a well, sold him as a slave, and then from being a slave, he was lied at, lied upon, and thrown in jail. Could you imagine living through those years of that man's life? He was betrayed and lied upon and spent years in jail before his potential was realized. Imagine being Abraham and Sarah, who they audibly heard God promise them a child, and it still took years. Imagine being Noah. It took most of that man's life to build that giant boat. Everybody thought he was crazy. Could you imagine like building a boat in the middle of the desert, you know, for your, oh, your whole life, your whole life, spent building a boat that nobody thought there was ever gonna be a flood. They're like, this dude's crazy, he's building a boat. Look at that guy, he's the crazy boat man, you know? Imagine everybody, imagine being Moses, leading the Israelites out of captivity. To only wander the desert for 40 years. Imagine being Moses' mother who knew that her son was going to be killed as an infant because of Egyptian law, and that the only way to save him was to send him in a basket down the river for maybe somebody else to raise. I mean, come on, even Christ felt like God had forsaken him. Even Christ ask for God to take his pain away. We all have struggles, and some of our struggles will take far longer than we wish. Sometimes we'll get tired of waiting and we'll do things on our own. Sometimes we'll walk away from God's plan and say, "No, God, I think I think it's better over here. I think we're going to do this over here like Jonah did." The biggest encouragement that I get from these stories is that somewhere down the line, the blessing is worth the struggle. If Moses' mother hadn't endured the pain of letting her child float down the river, and hadn't moved in faith, Moses would have never set the Israelites free. The struggle will be worth the blessing that is coming your way. I can't tell you when, and I can't tell you how, but what I can tell you is that God teaches us how to make it less hard. He teaches us through his word, through his messages, through experiences in life, through other people, through songs, through a butterfly in the wind. There's so many ways that he teaches us how to endure, through gleaning, through seeing the opportunity in things, and through seeing our weaknesses as teachers. I want to tell you one final little story. Did you know that all it takes to restrain a full-grown elephant is just a string and a stick tied around its ankle? It's full. It's so big. So big. All it takes is a string and a stick in the ground. And then as soon as that elephant feels a little tug, it doesn't move. I am bound, it believes, right? But if all it did is just move, it'd be free, right? But it won't. Why? Because as a baby, they are chained to the ground by that ankle. Day after day after day, they pull, they struggle, they pull, they cry, they struggle, they pull, they cry. And they they can't get out of that. And it gets ingrained in the way that they think. And then when they become adults, that string and that stick is all it takes because a tiny little pull, tiny little resistance brings them back to what they used to endure to make them feel like they are still bound. You see, Christ broke our chains when we are saved. He breaks our chains every single day when we cry out to him. Our old patterns are like those cha- <laughs> that stick and that cord. We feel a little bit of tug of resistance, and we're like, oh, I'm back. Things suck. We start complaining. We start focusing on ourselves. We let our weaknesses overcome us. We feel the slightest tug, and we think that we are bound. And that's what the enemy wants. Because if you're busy, if I'm busy, caught up in myself, I will never love anyone else like Christ did. I will never take a moment to look beyond myself because I'm caught up in what I think I'm still stuck to. Mm. I'm caught up in my lack. I'm living by the name broken. If I'm caught up in myself, I'm never gonna see the beggar on the street. I'm never gonna see anyone else in their pain. I'm never going to reach out a hand to somebody who's hurting. Your chains are gone. My chains are gone, your chains are gone. Jesus broke them. Pull against the string in faith. Know that chain is gone and walk free, knowing that the Lord is with you and you are called for so much more. Deuteronomy 28:13. "cause the Lord will make you the head and not the tail." Romans 8:37: "Know in all of these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. You were created for more, more abundance, more greatness, more love. You were created for this day, this moment, this life. Let's not waste this beautiful gift that we have on ourselves. Christ died so that we can live and not just live eternally, so that we can live in this life too, so that we can live, truly live a life of peace in the chaos a life of love and a world filled with hate. And it's not easy, but it's worth it. Hallelujah, let's pray. If you're hearing this message today and you feel that God is tugging on your heart, you're ready to take the hardness of life with God's aid. You're ready to say yes to Jesus or maybe yes again. If that's you, I'd like to invite you to pray this prayer out loud. With everyone's head bowed, if you guys could repeat after me, let's pray out loud together for those who are making this decision today dear lord jesus thank you for dying on the cross for me please forgive me come into my life i receive you as my lord and savior now help me to live for you for the rest of this life in jesus name i pray amen you guys could keep your heads bowed if you prayed this prayer for the first time or maybe a second time in your heart or fifth time whatever if you could raise your hand so that we could pray for you and with you if you've prayed this prayer online please reach out so that one of our team members can reach out to you and get you plugged in virtually now i'd like to take the time to pray for us all lord thank you thank you for your love Thank you for revealing the areas in our lives that we need to work on, so that we can rely on you in those areas. Thank you that your son has died for us. Thank you for the blessings in our lives that we don't see the blessings in our lives that we choose that we don't want. Thank you for the blessings that we overlook. Thank you for all of the blessings. Thank you that you are breaking our chains that you are teaching us how to tug against the stick and be reminded that we are free. Lord, thank you that you are our strength and our weaknesses. Lord, we pray and we call out to you and we rely on your goodness. Open our eyes, Lord. Help us to follow your will. Show us how to love like Christ. Show us how that we can help the least of these. Open our hearts and heal the areas in our minds and our bodies and our lives that need healing, Lord. Help each and every person in this room. Help our families. Help San Diego, Lord. You are the God of the impossible. And we love you and we thank you. Let your will be done in our lives. In Christ's mighty name I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this life-giving message from Living Faith Church. For more information about our church, text the word podcast to 1-888-305-2303. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and we will see you next time on the Living Faith Church podcast.